What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people working down in Laredo. You are tuned in here to the Monday edition of the Sports Grind presented by Dos Equis, and we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And your number to participate is 1-800-707-9760. And this first segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Way to Grow. Way to Grow is a full-service landscaping company that can handle all your residential or commercial needs. You can schedule a free appointment to give you a free estimate. All you got to do is go to waytogrow.net. That is Way to Grow, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 1-800-707-9760 if you know what you want to talk about. Like always, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that happened over the weekend that's sports related that you want to bring to the airwaves that we're not touching on, feel free to do that. The only thing that we ask is you just be patient during the long segments and the long breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, if you need to follow me or reach out to me via Twitter, it's at SportsGrind. All right. And don't forget, if you ever want to stream the show live and leave comments through the show, you can go to the Facebook business page of Sports Grind Entertainment or you can go to my personal page as well. And you can leave comments and I'll try to get to those uh, in real time. And if we don't, I'll react to those later. And if you ever miss any of the daily uh, shows live, you can always go to SportsGrindOnline.com where you can download the daily podcast Every day, seven days a week. 1-800-707-9760. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll? All right, Mr. Bartlett. How about them Broncos? Ready? Always ready. Okay. All right, there you go. All right, man. All right, so let's kick it off. It's Monday. All right. Um, got a, quite a few things to get to. Uh, definitely probably going to leave some meat on the bone today, uh, probably every day for that matter, for the most part, since we're getting into that time of football. There's a lot of other stuff going on. Um, but uh, first off, we do have football, of course, that we'll get to. Uh, but, you know, WNBA playoffs are here in the WNBA. Um, not really going to be giving you breakdowns every day with the WNBA because we haven't done that all year. Uh, but I will say that I've said this for probably about a year now, year and a half. The quality of play is better in the WNBA now than it has been in years. Um, but I will tell you this. Even though we're not going to break this down every day, I'm going to tell you. Vegas Knights, Connecticut Suns, Chicago Sky, And I will tell you this. I, I think the title's coming out of one of those three. Okay. The only other dark horse you might say would be, you know, Seattle Storm if they're in that farewell tour uh, for Miss Stewart. But I think the title really comes out of well, – I'd be surprised if it doesn't one of those three. You know, Chicago's trying to go back-to-back. You know, you know, I like Candace Parker. I've been riding with her back since Tennessee and Pat Summit days. But – you know, of course, uh, Becky Hammond, you know, this is the franchise. This was once the Silver Stars. Um, she's led them to the number one, uh, pretty much number one overall seed uh, in the in the playoffs. But they get going on Wednesday. Uh, but I, I just feel the title comes out of one of those 
uh, three, but we'll see what happens. Also, um, what else we got going on? We've got uh, baseball that continues to roll on as well, too. Uh, the Yankees drop the series over the weekend against the Sox. Same problem I said last week against the Yankees. Uh, they won, Now, they won a game on Saturday with a sacrifice bun. Um, but it still goes to me, you know, Walker had it going last night for the Red Sox. It just, I just don't know if this, I know Judge is trying to downplay it, but this is just a team I felt that's built for the regular season. The pitching is not overly dominant. I mean, they still have won a lot of games. Judge has had a hell of an MVP type season. There's just something missing with them in these close games, uh, but we'll see. Um, I know the Mets get ready to start a, another monster series with the Braves. They really manhandle them just like a week ago, a uh, week and a half ago, but they're going to switch scenery, and this is going to be in the ATL, so that gets going tonight. Uh, the biggest news that when we left out of here Friday, Tatis from the Padres got hit with an 80-game suspension for PDU or some type of PD substance. And you know what? His teammates – now, keep in mind, he's been pretty much out all year. And he was doing rehab, and he came down here with the missions, you know, um, did a couple of days of rehab stint down here. I don't know if they gave him something down here. But uh, did a couple stints down here, <laughs> and um, he went on to be close to getting back, and then he gets popped with 80 games. Now, look. The reaction from his teammate, there wasn't too many teammates running to his defense. You know, there you know, Friday night when and I forgot who the Padres played, but after the game, you know, when this is fresh, only hours from breaking, you got some real emotions from some real guys that was just like, Well, you know, he hadn't been here all year, but you know, usually we would like to think that, you know, it's about the team and not him. He had a lot of guys in that clubhouse that was kind of disappointment disappointed, excuse me. Um, definitely going to hurt. I mean, he's a guy that's gotten a couple national endorsements too, man. Subway, a few of those that they run, you know, that's one of those that depending on how this plays out could definitely hurt him. He's a young player. Uh, but again, it just shows you that there's too much money in baseball and guys are willing to roll the dice. Now, I don't know all the details to this. Um, at first, I heard it was kind of hard for him if he was showing any remorse. I know he had to speak in front of the clubhouse, but I think a couple of days, a day later, things settled down. I think he kind of, you know, issued an apology or whatever. But, you know, this is uh, this is definitely going to be with him. I just feel that in the era we're in right now, what we've gone through in the previous steroid era, and, you know, you have the uh, strict testing in place, it's really tough for guys that get busted in this era in regards to when you talk about – Hall of Fame chances or reputation being spoiled. But I just feel – where's Tatis from? Where is he from? Oh, let me grab that for you. Yeah, okay. Um, but I just – I don't know. I just It just shows you that there's too much money in baseball that a lot of guys are still willing to roll that dice. He's from the DR. Dominican Republic, right? Yes, sir. And a guy – like, look, I, I don't – I don't want to stereotype anybody because, you, know, you know, I've dealt with that over the course of my life. But the truth of it is, is that especially a lot of guys from the Dominican Republic, man, they, I, in my opinion, I, I don't know if the Hall of Fame and that really means that much to those guys. Now, we saw David Ortiz, I mean, of course, but I'm telling you, these guys, because of late, it's been quite a few guys that's been from the Dominican Republic, whatever, that's the latest one that's been popped under this new, I would say, in the last few years. And I just think it comes from, it's about the bag. 
It's really about the money. Now, again, I'm not going to go into T's because I don't know the details. I don't know exactly what he got popped for. I don't know if it's one of these things. Well, I didn't know that that was on the list. But again, they say all professional athletes are responsible for what goes in their body. So we'll see how that plays out. What you got, Jones? So would that, and, and, and I understand that you say it may not be important, but this is, correct me if I'm wrong, his first offense with, um, with PEDs. Would this automatically impact, and I was talking with so, uh, so Will on mm. Twitter, mm. would this impact his trajectory for the Hall of Fame? Uh, 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 this mm. early, in, or like this is like the middle of, of his career, right? This, this you think so? Of course. I mean, have you been paying attention to the the other guys that played in the other era before testing was in place? That that I mean, honestly, to me, that's what hurts a rod. A rod's from that era, but a rod got popped twice under the testing system. The guys like you know, if you want to say the twice, right? But that's during the testing system. When you talk about. Barry, when you talk about Mark, you talk about all these other guys that group that's still paying the price for Hall of Fame. There was no testing then. There was no thing. There was no testing. But now guys that are getting popped and they know it's testing. Hell yeah, this is going to uh, stain his course to the Hall of Fame unless these old guys that's been holding on everybody else die off. Why wouldn't it? It's going to hurt his endorsements. I mean, and, and keep in mind, I mean, they got a guy over there that's probably going to become right there with them. But this hurts him when you talk about the face of the front of the franchise. Speaking of Juan Soto, you know, but it was the thing that it didn't shock me that he, he you know, he failed. And, and all I'm saying, I'm not saying guys from the Dominican Republic that they don't care if they make the All-Star. I mean, excuse me, the Hall of Fame. What I'm saying is that that bag and where they come from is a lot more, in my opinion, is a lot more important for them. There's a reason why they keep getting popped during the test. All right, it's a different culture. Over here, it's like the Hall of Fame. This is baseball. This is our former pastime. Some of these guys are risking their lives to come over here and play in baseball. I'm talking about literally. I'm talking about like trying to escape the island where you can't come back and maybe never see your family again. They're about that bag. So, no, it doesn't look good to get popped now that there's testing and now we know really what the deal is in this type of era. Because, I mean, look how the guys are getting treated that's been no test. That's, you know, that there was no testing in that time. And, and, you, and you're not buying in his statement when he said he inadvertently took um, what ESPN is saying a medication used to treat ringworm called clostable. Well, first of all, I would have told Tatis he can get some uh, Blue Star ointment. That have that's a cream that you can run. That I'm pretty sure you pass Blue Star ointment a knockout ringworm. At the end of the day, I didn't hear it was because of. Ring- I, I don't give a damn if it was inadvertently. At the end of the day, oh well, it, it don't mean nothing. Okay, Roger Clemens wrote, walked through Congress signing baseballs with a Starbucks cup and shaking hands and begging, and it still ain't sniffed close to that. You've got one of the strikeout kings, speaking of Roger Clemens, you've got the home run king that are not in the Hall of Fame because of this. And I think it's even worse for the guys that get popped now in this era with testing in place, knowing how MLB feels about it, knowing how the baseball purists and the writers feel about it. Just my opinion. 1-800-707-9760. Also, uh, yeah, so football, heavy uh, heavy a lot to get to today. I mean, I know there's going to be some meat on the bones. I mean, we got to start the win totals. I was waiting for them to update because usually on Mondays, the site that I use, they'll go in and update, but I've got some win totals because I know we're going to do Atlanta, Arizona, 
And what was the other one that we were trying to get out first? Baltimore. Baltimore. There you go. There you go. Speaking of Baltimore, I mean, we can start there. I mean, speaking of Baltimore, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson, he's put out a, a deadline. He's got a deadline, I think, of week one saying, hey, we ain't have nothing done yet. I'm not talking about it anymore. Again, I'm going to tip my hat the way Lamar Jackson has handled this. He's rolling the dice because and, and I think it's more about he loves the game that much. He can't stay away to hold out or not show up. All Lamar has to do is go through 17 weeks healthy. If he goes through 17 weeks healthy, it's going to cost Baltimore a lot more money in the offseason if they want to keep him than it is right now. And I've been on record saying this, and I'll continue to say this. At worst-case scenario, Lamar Jackson, because this is what's been confirmed over the weekend, which I figured I already knew looking at the clues, it's about the guaranteed money. And I will tell you, Lamar Jackson from somebody, if not the Ravens, will have at least 80% of his contract guaranteed. That's what he wants. Deshaun Watson's contract screwed it up. That's the bar. And that's just where we're at. And I'm rooting for him. And I think I'm going to be rooting for Baltimore Ravens. I mean, I've always, I've never really cared. I mean, when I say rooting, that's really, there's only one team I root for. But I'm really going to be happy if they are successful with Lamar Jackson. And I'm not even 100% sold all the way on Lamar if he's going to get them. But I think that where the climate's at and who's gotten paid and what his resume's at, he's got to get guaranteed money. Even if you don't give him Deshaun Watson money, you got to give him guaranteed money. He's earned it. He's earned it. I mean, that, that, and then like I said, other than having all he's got is a top three tight end. He ain't had no top wide receivers. He hadn't had that. They haven't really gone out, out in free agency and wide receivers and all that. So really, he's been working in, in, in both of his running backs. Starting running backs were out all last year, along with a bunch of other guys. 1 800 707 9760. What you got? Well, just a quick question on the guaranteed money for Lamar Jackson. One of the things that really scares me about it is how much he uses his legs to get out of the pocket and rushes more than most running backs. How much? And I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson is a running back. I want to be very clear about that. Yeah, because I sound like you stereotyping over there. But what I far, but man. what I do want to ask is if he's putting up yards and putting himself in harm's way like a running back as often as a running back with, again, you finish top 10 in in, in the NFL in rushing and you're a quarterback, I have a hard time giving you guaranteed money when we know that running back contracts are use them and abuse them and you get one and done. And you know what? If I was Lamar and I was his mom that's representing him, say, y'all sent scouts down to Louisville, didn't you? Did you see how I played in Louisville? Then you shouldn't have drafted me. You changed the whole franchise because of me. From secretary to – they were all in on Lamar. I don't care about – Lamar can make passes from the pocket, man. He, he worked on that the last couple of years, and he was making pass. I believe Lamar looks really to pass from the pocket more than run. It's just one of the – like I said, he just doesn't have receivers and get separation besides Andrews, which is a tight end. Man's earned a contract. It's not his fault that has him screwed this up for everybody. Give him the, He's got to get guaranteed. He's, I, I believe he's going to get at least 80% of his contract guaranteed. Also, NFL, um, definitely want to start with preseason. You know, we've got preseason one, week one. I know we had the Hall of Fame game, but we've got preseason one in the books. 
Um, definitely some things over the weekend and some preseason games that stood out to me. And again, I'll say this as a disclaimer. You know, preseason for me shows um, system, culture, What's changed for whether it's a new coaching staff or an existing coaching staff, you can find out in a few preseason games what's that about. Even to guys that are not even going to make the roster that are playing third or fourth quarter, it's all about a culture in the preseason. Now, before we get into some of these games, the one thing that did I take note over the preseason is that it's kind of made me switch more, come lean in the middle that I just feel, and I've never been one to say, hey, man, let's do away with preseason because I know how important it is for practice squad guys that's been on practice squad for two or three years a particular team, an opportunity to get on a roster to make that cut, even though the last two years maybe they haven't. You've got special teams developed through preseason. You find out who your special teams guys are, and that is important to winning in the National Football League. But with all that said, if we're to the point where when I look at certain preseason games and we're sitting four starting offensive linemen and we're sitting a whole wide receiving starting crew plus running back, like I understand the quarterback. Hell, I even understand the running back. Derrick Henry don't need to play preseason. You know what I'm saying? Jonathan Taylor don't need to play in the preseason. I get that. But if we're talking about linemen and receivers and starting corners, then what the hell are we doing? Then we need to go back to 2020 and COVID year and just get it on. Just start playing. And you know what? If you need a couple games to get your feet on your belt, oh, well. Depends on how much you togetherness you were in the offseason. But that, to me, is a little bit like, all right, come on, man. Then what are we really doing? But when we get back, Dallas plays their first preseason game. I definitely have some notes on that. Got some notes on the Colts of what I've seen. Also, pretty much the battle down in Carolina. I want to get to that too with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. You listen to the Sports Grind presented by Dosekis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready to drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included, and whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 
Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the sports grind all right back here on the sports grind presented by dos Equis, broadcasting here from the hazel sky online studios calvin casey jonas clark producing bartlett spinning the one and twos this next segment is going to be sponsored by integrity visors agency of stephen reese stephen reese is a fully virtual insurance broker who can handle all your insurance needs whether it's auto life home or renters and he can find the cheapest rate out there for you because he represents over 40 different carriers for insurance give him a call his number is 210-641-4000 that's integrity visors agency of stephen reese official sponsor of the sports crime all right, here we have some Nipsey Hustle coming back. I mean, you know, so I guess his birthday was today. You know, keeping it real, like I, I said this at the time when he passed, I didn't even, you know, so busy in this. I usually, when it comes to the hip hop scene and artists, I usually rode before I got in this. I ride with who I knew who going in, but Nipsey, I knew about him, but I never really knew how many people he touched until afterwards, you know, to be honest with you. And I think he kind of went on and caught on this whole phenomenon even after he passed, unless you're out there in the West Coast, unless you grew up in there, but you know. His birthday, I think, what are we, how old have we been today? Do we know? Um, just sad situation with that. Uh, speaking of sad situations, uh, we definitely got to talk about the Tlaib brother situation down in the Dallas area. Um, had this actually sent to me. Uh, I know Casey Rob sent this to me. Mike sent this to me. Um, you know, and I was waiting to comment on it because, you know, as, as of late last night, no one really had none of the major sites really was talking about it until, of course, you know, TMZ reported and confirmed it. And then, you know, it's like on one major site today, um, as I'm hearing that his brother just turned himself in. But I definitely got some thoughts on that. I want to get to that probably at the top of next hour. But let's start with the preseason action of what I witnessed. Also, before we get to that, though, college. Keep in mind, I mean, we got the AP that came out today. I've never been a big person on AP. You know, this whole, the show ever since the playoffs, we really don't really do too much rankings. I paid more attention to them last year than I probably had in the years prior to that because I kind of lost faith in the consistency of the committee and really what they're looking for. It changes every year to every year, it seems like. Um, but no shocking to me. I mean, the top two teams or Ohio State and Alabama where I think Alabama and then Ohio State. And I told you last week, it's two teams and everybody else. Okay. Coaches poll agree with me and the AP. Not to give Tom Cat a hard time, but, you know, I, I, I usually I don't come out and say anything just to say it has no nothing to do with me being a Bama fan or whatever. They got the best two quarterbacks in the country. Unless somebody comes out of like the back nine and gets on the scene, which is possible. But you're probably looking at two teams that's going on going into the season with the first two quarterbacks taken next year in April's draft. That's what you're dealing with. Good luck. But with that said, you know, speaking of college, Austin, bad news. Supposedly lost two starters. 
Um, I believe one's a wide receiver. The other one's an offensive lineman. Um, both to knee injuries for the year. You know, uh, that's kind of what Sark is saying. And this is what sucks for this. Because when you're building a program and you're trying to get to some consistency and, you know, a place like the University of Texas, there's a lot of pressure and expectations, you know, from there. A lot of their fan base and alumni can't wait to go down the 35 highways that we're back. We're back. And when you have injuries like this to starters, one's a junior. I believe the offensive line is a junior. Um, but it sets you back. I mean, I don't know if I use the word setback, but it's definitely a bump in the road when you lose two starters with a program that didn't even qualify for a bowl game last year. That's been down for some years and was starts coming into his second year and wanting to build from that. So that's some bad news, um, uh, you know, for people in Austin and UT, if you believe burnt orange. Uh, but there's there there's not a shock with one and two for the AP. We'll see how it stays. I mean, we'll see how long that stays. Um, they are going to be tested. I mean, I think both of those teams, I just feel on paper, they're the most talented team on paper. The other news I came across with uh, LSU. They've lost their quarter. They got a quarterback that's stepping away. I'm hearing from football. And I've been meaning, meaning to talk about Brian Kelly and LSU in general here real quick before we jump into preseason. I, I believe he's brought his his quarterback juju and controversy and, and don't know which one. And we're going to use two. I think he brought that down to Baton Rouge with this fake accent. Good luck with that. I mean, I think LSU, I think they've got probably a lot of talent they stole in the transfer portal. Uh, besides some transfers, you know, some guys that committed to Notre Dame that want to go to LSU, maybe on a bigger stage, SEC, they should be good. But that quarterback situation, if this is true what I'm hearing, that one of their starting quarterbacks decided to walk away from the game for whatever reason, pretty much quit, um, that's going to be interesting in regards to who's going to officially be the starter at LSU under Brian Kelly. Wherever he goes, especially Notre Dame, quarterback controversy follows him. That's just what it is. 1-800-707-9760. All right, now to the pros in the preseason. Week one in the books. Dallas played their first preseason game Saturday night against the Denver Broncos in Colorado. You know, they were coming off the joint practices uh, this previous week. Um First of all, there's three things that stood out. Maybe I can squeeze four, but there's probably three three things that squeezed out of this game and jumped out to me for both teams, you know, total between both teams. But before I get to that, let me just do a, P, a PSA right now um, to to Dallas country out there. Look, I don't know what it is, but I, I don't know. I don't care if it's preseason, off season, fall season, regular season. That team in Colorado owns Dallas. They own them. They took over their stadium last year in a regular season game. Double-digit dogs went in there and beat their ass with the third-string team in Colorado last year in the regular season. And this, again, preseason, you're, I mean, you're pretty much starting the second or third. I don't know what it is, but I just want to put that out there. Thanksgiving, Ron Dane, almost 200 yards. It just goes on. I can't, Trust me, they don't play every year, but I keep track of preseason and regular season whenever that star shows up. Just want to put that out there because I know a lot of people out there, oh, that's not a story friendship. What do they do? Okay, well, they own that team for now. Anyway, moving on to more important things about what stood out in this game. Well, for Dallas, it's real easy. 
penalties. Penalties, penalties. And I'm pretty sure you've heard it by now on a Monday. You've been beat over the head about it if you talk, if you listen to anybody that talked about the Dallas preseason game between the Broncos. Penalties. But this is what I want to point out. You know, before this was all, you know, I was watching a game um, with AC, which she wasn't watching too much because by that time, you know, she just, like I said, it just bothers her to watch anything Broncos around me. You know, all of a sudden she's got something to do, but whatever. Came back. And we're just saying, hey, you know, the penalties thing. I said, man, these penalties, they've got, like, I was counting. I was like 10. I think they finished with 20. But I was like, I lost count like at 10 in real time. But I was like, you know what? This is a problem with this team and this organization. And AC brought up a good point. She's like, you know what? Really, they used to blame Garrett for this. And that's true. I was like, you know what? That's a good point. That's the best football point you had since we've been together in 10 years. But. I said, you know what, you're right about that. And I started thinking, I was like, you know, I remember the countless of calls that I would take about Jason Garrett. They're undisciplined. They're this and that. These penalties are a problem under Mike McCarthy. They were a problem last year. And, and, and da- I'm sorry. If you're a Dallas fan, I can't. Nobody's excited. Oh, well, these are second and third stringers, Calvin. There was no starters out there. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it does because they had starters out there last year, the year before, and they constantly get penalties. And their penalties are bad. They're at bad timing. You know, team goes for it on fourth and three up for, uh, you know, offsides in a neutral first down third and eight team drop backs to pass incomplete. Oh, sorry. holding on the other side on the offensive side. They're getting ready to go for it. It's fourth and one up off, off false start back up five. Yard. Now it's fourth and six. They just have bad, and this is, I don't care if it's starters and to me, or if it's third string or guys that ain't going to make the squad. This is a culture thing. This is a culture problem with Dallas. And I don't know if it has to do because the type of coaches Jerry Jones hires, whether you want to say Mike McCarthy's a yes man as well, too. They've got to do something because I told you, this is what you look for in preseason is culture system what looks different and you could tell it's something that's a point of emphasis in the offseason for Dallas because you look how pissed off Mike McCarthy was I mean you could see you I, I first of all I had to watch the local feed because it got blocked out uh, uh blacked out on the NFL network which those guys on the local feed look I can't do play by play I, I can't do it there's no way I could do it I just not built for that it's two different worlds from hosting a show and doing play by play you know that's why I give Andy Everett so much credit because I mean they, I mean he does something that I can't do you know well, he does two things I can't do. He plays golf and does play-by-play. But that team is terrible. That team they had in Dallas that I had to watch that. And then I guess it was the bad weather in Denver. Then it just kind of it blacked out like blue. Like they couldn't even get like the third or fourth. I was like, this is just trash. But I've got it. But can't watch it on the network. But anyway, this is a problem. And it's going to be a problem. You even saw the halftime interview before Mike McCarthy went in the locker room. I mean, you swear it was a damn week eight or week 10. He was pissed because that's something they talked about and they can't fix it. To me, that's a culture problem. And it's been a problem. I don't care if it's starters, backups. They've got a problem with pillars. And you know the other team. There was a team in the NFL that you they carried this from the 70s to the 80s to the 90s to early thousands it's kind of dot out a little bit but there's one franchise that dallas is kind of going toward now for different type of penalties like dallas penalties are just boneheaded undisciplined football okay the team i speak of the raiders the raiders grew a reputation in the nfl of being the most penalized team and, and i'm talking about not a season i'm talking about through decade runs 
And theirs was unnecessary roughness, you know, uh, late hit, you know, stuff that that Raider trying to live up to that Raider law. Dallas is on their way to get a reputation of just being dumb penalties, a dumb, undisciplined team at the wrong time. And the rookie tackle they took in the first round, he struggled that night. Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith, man. I, I don't care who they were putting on, they're just eating them up. Had a couple false starts. Now, that, I'm not going to be too hard on him. That's his first preseason game. But he's first-round pick, though, and one that I thought they were going to go the direction. Not ready to give up on him, but he had a rough Saturday night. They were all over him. Now, that's one thing I take away Dallas and penalties. Second thing I take, uh, take away um, – the second thing I take away from Dallas – this guy Cooper Rush no good, man. This guy's trash. What is this? His third year in Dallas? How long you been over like there, Bartley? That, yeah. You know how long has Rush been there? Uh, I believe this would be his third year. His third. Yeah, I think okay. he was cut one year, if I'm not mistaken. But then they had to bring him. They back. bring him back. Okay. Yeah, this guy looked totally uncomfortable. Like, I mean, this is his second year in Mike McCarthy's system, and Bartley's right. He's been there three years, and this has been the problem with Dallas, even going back to the Tony Romo days. They never wanted to keep a solid backup. They never had a solid backup. Rush looked totally lost. Okay? He looked awful. And he was going against the third string defensive guys. Guys that might not make the team. Those are the two penalties and the Dallas backup situation is probably the worst in the National Football League. One of them. I don't know if I can look at real time, but they're they're in the top three, five of the worst backup situation in the National Football League. The third thing that I took from this game, going to the other side, was Hackett in his first preseason game. Disappointed, no rust. I mean, no start. That's what I'm saying. There was a lot of all, no offensive starters, wide receivers played, rust didn't play. I understand quarterback was still first system like that, but there were the backups in there. For the most part, they started a few of their first starters on defense. One thing that stood out to me, I could see in the first preseason game, I didn't, eat, I didn't know what I was looking at. A team that played in Colorado that's taking the ball deep, that's throwing, that's calling vertical plays, dr- plays that actually draw raw receivers wide open. Okay? That is just something under sorry ass, you know, uh, offensive coordinator Pat Shermer, they ain't had in the last few years. That's that I'm like, okay, I can see what, even though these are third, and, uh, third, second, and third stringers, I see you. I see you. Also, devastating loss for Denver and Tim Patrick. Uh, it sucks for him because personally this was going to be his breakout year. He'd really been grinding, got his contract. But what stood out to me, they got – Russ got some toys. They're deep at the rivalry. They got some guys that might not make it. Hinton, the guy nine, that were nine that hit him over the top. Johnson, you got guy Johnson that's played for damn near all 32 teams. And the XFL. Just dropping dimes in there. That could be coaching. They're deep at the receiver. Last thing I'm going to say stood out to him. look, man. And this is a memo to everybody that's in the AFC West or it's on the schedule. That secondary and that D, and I'm talking looking at third, third string guys and second, second string guys. The system is still there where Vic played, and on their D line and in their secondary, they're going to be held to play on defense. They really are. I, that's what I was worried about with Vic losing his job. Like, hey, is the defense going to step up? But they hired a guy that kind of runs almost the same thing as Vic that's been even worked with Vic sometimes before, I believe. Uh, those are things that stood out. And their depth. They've got some depth, you know, um, at least in the defensive side. 
you know, so that's what stood out to me. But Dallas has to do something about the backup situation, either this year going forward. I mean, I know Dak is durable for the most part, had that freak injury with the ankle. But Cooper Rush is just – he's just no good, man. That guy's no good. He don't even look like he knows the offense, really. He just looked he – had, he had the – he had the, the hit your yips, the wobbly boot under there, you know. When we get back, I want to take a look at the Colts. They played Buffalo. They left their starters in for a whole quarter offensively. I want to see what I saw in that as well when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind presented by Dos Equis. We're broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Hey, no. 